this is it. This is the episode you guys have been waiting for. What's a music NFT? How to make music NFTs? Is there really a point in making music NFTs? Will it actually help your music career? My name is Sina Palavon. Welcome back to another episode of the Talk Too Much podcast. This week, my special guest was the OG crypto, crypto punk rapper of the NFT space, probably the most popular rapper in the entire NFT space. His name is Spotty Wi-Fi, uh, the crypto punk rapper. He has released, he was the first person to actually come on the music scene, music NFT scene, and, and make a big splash. And why I wanted Spotty on is for many reasons. Number one, I've been fa fascinated with music NFTs myself. Um, what can they really do? You know, they're audio files. That's what they're, well, in this episode, you hear Spotty say something differently. But the primary, uh, I guess, media file in a music NFT would be the audio file. Not in all cases, but let's say for ma the majority of cases, that's why it's called a music NFT. As an audio artist myself, as a podcaster, I'm curious what audiophiles and NFTs can really do for people, for consumers. <clears throat> and Spotty gave me a different definition of what music NFTs are than you'd hear other people uh, say. Uh, he doesn't believe music NFTs are just tokenized songs on blockchains. Uh, he believes that music NFTs are much bigger than that. Also, why am I wearing this uh, balaclava mask? I don't know. It looks cool. Um, to be honest, it doesn't look cool. It actually looks really bad. I was a little experiment. Um, tried, tried that out. This episode probably won't bring it back. Don't like how my beard just comes off the edge. Uh, nonetheless, you got to experiment in life and you got to have the confidence. And also, I stand on this. You know, I stand on these things. I stand on, on what I'm trying right now, even if it looks ugly. You know, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep trying different things out. Regardless of that, I really want you guys, when you're watching this episode... Not just, oh, that's what a music NFT is. No, think about, okay, how can this apply to me? A lot of up-and-coming musicians, a lot of people in music trying to put their name on the map, uh, I feel like could use a lot of the information in this episode. If you're an up-and-coming music artist, it doesn't make sense to go the traditional route. Look into crypto. Look into NFTs. These are tools that can help you build a community faster. These are tools that can help you distribute your music in more engaging and more fun ways that, you're, that separates you from your competition. You need to be looking into the NFT space. Stop trying to go get signed by a record label. Stop trying to climb that uphill battle the way traditional up-and-coming music artists have done the last 20, 30 years. Times are changing. All right, We're entering a new phase of consumer adoption. Of, uh, uh, there's new consumer verticals popping up in society because of blockchain. If you're a music artist, you can't just turn the other cheek. You have to take advantage of them. So all music fans, music artists, people with a chip on their shoulder, audio artists, whatever. This episode's for you. Let's get into it. To, to meet with me, first things first, I, everybody knows you kind of pioneered the music nft scene you're the first person i even there's a lot of kids growing up i'm in from las vegas and i met a lot of young rappers growing up and spotty before we even get into this let me know what you think of this as a young rapper coming up right <clears throat> it's important to make your music but i also feel like you have to work hard and hustle to build a brand nowadays and that's where i give you credit is you didn't everybody was going right and you you stopped and you were like hold on a sec there's another pathway and that's why i feel like you really you really took advantage of this, uh, I guess, NFT boom and kind of branded yourself through it. So I want to start off by asking you this. As a young up-and-coming rapper, 
do you not spotty not just john doe someone nameless do you go towards the nft space do you gravitate toward that space or do you go the traditional route regardless of of your love for blockchain what do you think is better for an up-and-coming artist man that's a great question there's a lot of factors to consider you know like right now we're in a bear market you know i i had um i had the the benefit of i dropped i i, I kind of started when things were really on the rise you know and i put out my album in august which a lot of people don't talk about it and i can say humbly that like i had the fortune of great timing august was a really good time to drop an nft collection you know yeah <laughs> um, so that, that's just facts but i would say this i would say regardless of sales and nft sales um there's a really big opportunity in terms of finding an audience a built-in audience in the nft world you know so um if you're open to the idea of creating content creating music that kind of celebrates the nft culture um, or if you are drawn to a particular nft community or nft collection like a profile picture collection and you want to start making music you know, telling a story involving that collection. I think that's a huge opportunity, uh, even in a bear market, you know, to, to really tap into a built-in audience of people that will be um, supporting you because it's such a niche sub, uh, subculture right now. And I, I fully agree with that. That's what I took notice of is you, even in a bear market, the communities this NFT space provides is next level for artists. I don't know why they're fighting this uphill battle when, you know, there's just ways to go around certain things. So my number one, I want to start off with you is when you came out with your NFT collection, you know, most people were coming out with art projects, 10K projects, collect like straight up with art as their main, as their primary use case. Why did you, number one, where did your love for music start? And why did you have the balls, really, to put out a music collection well, when everybody was going art? Uh, my love for music, well, I, you know, I've loved music since I was a, a young kid. Um, my mom was a big influence on me musically, you know. Uh, we didn't listen to rap and hip-hop growing up in my house. Uh, my parents didn't, you know. She was always playing the oldie station. You know, anything from Sam Cooke to Elvis, you know, to the Beach Boys to Little Richard, uh, you know, just a random, uh, uh, you know, this was ra terrestrial radio days, you know, oldies 95.3 in Rockford, Illinois, you know. Um, and then she had a record player that she kept in my bedroom. I would like scratch her records on it, you know, just screwing around, having no idea what I was doing. Started playing piano, uh, play piano in church sometimes. I would sing. I was, you know, I was literally a choir boy. Like that's, that's um, a lot of it was church. But um, then I started taking it more seriously in like 2006, 2007, I started re recording music. I had free, I had done some freestyle rapping, written some rhymes, things like that, had a rhyme book, started really recording in 2006, 2007. Um, and then by, you know, I was doing music full time and, you know, was touring, had a publishing deal, blah, 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 blah. But by like 2012, 2013, I was getting burnt out, started working a day job, released my last project as a solo artist under my legal name, you know, or my, my old stage name, Mig Mora, in December of 2012. 
and then took a long break from music until I discovered NFTs. And what happened was I bought my CryptoPunk in February of 2021. And what really inspired me was I saw people on Twitter using a CryptoPunk as their avatar and getting a lot of followers, even though they were anonymous or pseudonymous. And you don't know what this person's background is, what their expertise is, if they have any expertise, but people would listen to them, follow them. And as a musician, I thought that's really interesting because you're always trying to figure out how to get people to listen to your music, hear, hear your music, you know? And I didn't see anybody doing anything creative with a profile picture or with an NFT like that. Uh, there was no crypto punk comic books. There were no crypto punk Adidas <laughs> licensing deals. You know, this was before the Bored Apes had even announced. And, um, and then I just thought, you know what? I have this character. I can give him a name. I can give him a backstory. I can create a whole lore, a whole spotty verse. And um, I was inspired by the gorillas a lot, you know, inspired by a lot of artists that had alter egos, you know, things like that. And, and that was pretty much the, the thought process. <clears throat> One thing I, I don't know, you, are you familiar with this, the artist that EDM trap DJ Arl Grime? Man, I don't know if I am. I'm, I'm, I don't think so. He, he's this like uh, EDM uh, trap DJ. And one thing he did is there was this guy named Clockwork. He was another DJ. R.O. Grimes, the biggest trap DJ out. And after like five years of both of them playing, it was an R.O. Grimes set at EDC. And, um, or no, it was a Clockwork set at EDC. And he was at, to end his set, he took off his mask and it was R.O. Grimes. So kind of what you said, like this, this is kind of corny, but I've always wanted to like create like a pseudo anonymous character and create like a voice synthesizer and have a fake podcast, like an alter ego podcast. And one day like reveal it. I think that's so cool. I think the pseudo anonymous thing is cool. How did, when you were like approached, when you talk to other rappers, cause you've been on spaces with Snoop Dogg, you've been on spaces with, you know, we're going to get into your bun B track because I'm a big bun B fan. I think most people act like they're bun B fans. I I'm a big bun B fan. And when I saw you post that, I was very, I was like, what the fuck? That's big time. So I was going to ask you, how did, how did other rappers, uh, feel when you came at them as the crypto punk, the NFT rapper, really, there's not just crypto punk. Cause you're the only NFT rapper, really. Um, well, first I will say, you know, I always try to give props to the people who inspired me. Like there definitely are other NFT rappers, you know, my, my homie prop cause, uh, I've known him for years and years and he did a project with grammatic. It was, it was, Oh wow. It was sort of a, it was led by grammatic, but prop cause was featured on a song that they minted together, um, called, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. And they sold that song for, I mean, it was a very successful sale. That was very inspiring to me. That was something I saw early in 2021 that made me, got that got my wheels turning, really. Um, and then there's a, there's a lot of other um, NFT artists doing their thing, NFT rappers. I will say it was a mixed reception at first last year. You know, the, the crypto punks, even though I'm very critical of the crypto punk owners and community sometimes, um, I got a lot of support from the CryptoPunk owners last year, and I'm, I really appreciate that. I got a lot of support from Bored Ape owners once I bought my Bored Ape and things like that um, to this day. But on the artist side, it was a mixed reception. I had some artists who were messing with it. They thought it was cool. They thought it was interesting. And then I had some who literally were saying things like, this is a gimmick. You know, this is goofy. Uh, this is lame. This is corny. 
What'd you say to them? Like, what was your response? Um, I didn't say much, you know. Well, okay. sometimes I'll just, I'll just, I called it like struggle rap, struggle rapper salt, you know. <laughs> like a lot of people <laughs> pride themselves on like, oh, I'm, I'm a struggle, I'm, I'm a rapper, I keep it real, son. Like, I, it's hard out here. It's like, great, great. I'm doing something that is number one, fun to me. And number two, it's fun to a certain audience. It may not be your audience, but it's fun for me and it's fun for these people over here. So let us do our thing. And, but now those people are quiet. I don't hear those people quite as much <laughs> anymore. Um, you know, once you get, you know, flowers from like Bun and Snoop and, and people like that, um, that kind of changes the dynamic. And, and you also see people, as I predicted, you know, as I said, this is the I said at that time a year ago, I said Grammy winning artists, platinum artists are going to come into the metaverse. The world is going to be more digital tomorrow than it is today. And I'm going to be there waiting for them. I'm going to be there to meet them and to greet them and to collaborate with them and to educate them and to guard this space. You know, I take a great responsibility. If I see something that looks fishy, if I see something that doesn't look like it's in the best interest of my supporters and of the NFT community at large, I will be the first one to say it. And I'm not worried about appearances or, you know, mm -hmm. who who's going to be offended if I see something and I say something. So, but it's been very flattering. To answer your question, it's very flattering when you have, um, Snoop Dogg starting, you know, launching a, a, what do you call it, another persona, an alter ego named Dr. Bombay, which is his boarding. It's very humbling when you see Timbaland launching an alter ego named Congo and, and launching a production company that only works with board apes. Uh, it's yep. very humbling when you see like Jim Jones entering the metaverse, you know, um, launching a collection and, and things like that. Like, it's just dope, man, because we went from being goofy and nobody understanding it and thinking, I got the perception that a lot of people thought I was um, appropriating the culture or culture vulturing, or I saw people before I docked speculating that I just started rapping after I bought a CryptoPunk because I was an opportunist. And it's like, well, once I doxed and you could Google me and you could see my track record and you could listen to my music from a decade ago, that, that kind of got... Quiet. Also, also, Spotty, you just really like you just have to be at one of your live performances to see that's false because like when you're up there and that's what I, I was at your NFT LA performance just alone, and suddenly like you were going you started performing I'm Spotty and I just suddenly like I was just alone bobbing my head and I I looked around I was suddenly like caught myself bobbing my head alone, so I feel like I feel like those people those haters like um, number one they're talking out their neck and number two like if anybody is gonna dog you they should at least. Number one, listen to your music and see that it's, it was, it's clear as day. You can tell when someone started rapping and who, when they didn't. And also, like your live performances, which I want to actually ask you about, you're very comfortable. Was that through experience? Because like that's something I'm nervous about. But in your live performances, you're very, very comfortable now. What? Why are you so comfortable on stage now? Yeah, it's just repetition and uh, experience. That's it. You know, I wasn't always as comfortable on stage, uh, but... I've, I've done a lot of shows, man, you know, and it, at this point, it's like riding a bicycle. Um, I was blessed in my previous music career a decade ago, 
you know, I've been in rap groups where it's me and a DJ and another MC. I've been in bands where it's drum, bass, guitar. Uh, I've been a solo artist, so, and I've and I mean I've, I've toured. I've, I've played on big stages. I played at big festivals. I opened for major national acts, and uh, so so all of that experience, you know, it gives me a huge uh, comfort level now. So. So yeah, and, and I take my live show super seriously, man, because as a metaverse rapper, as a as a cartoon rapper, I know a lot of people, a lot of people see me out, they might come to a show and they're, they want to, they want to, they want to be proven right. They're doubting that I'm, I'm like capable and they want to come and see like, oh, see, he, he just has a good producer or he has somebody ghostwriting or he blah, 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 blah. But, you know, come to my live show. Any struggle rappers out there looking at this saying, this is a gimmick, this is a fad, this is going away, come to my live show, and then let's go to your live show, and let's compare. Let's see what's going on in the crowd, and we'll take notes. I, I very much uh, can say touche to that, uh, if you ever need someone to back you. But what I will say, Spotty, is I want to touch on what you said earlier about guarding the space and about if you see some fishy you're going to call it out something i i've really been drawn to you for over the last year i've followed you and and uh, the the when you ever you have called people out, i've been there it's something i i feel it's a characteristic we share so uh to start this off number one <clears throat> a lot of there as you said i believe i'm of the belief that a lot of mainstream artists are about to come in the space aggressively more so than ever so to start this off what in your opinion um is a music NFT before we even get there into how they're going to come in the space and what's a bad actor. What's a music NFT in your opinion, Spotty? That's such a great question, man. To me, a music NFT does not need to contain music. Number one. Um, I think a music NFT. Well, first we got to understand what is an NFT. Uh, NFT is just a contract. It's, it's a contract that is, governed and enforced by the by the blockchain you know is, is how I would kind of think of it in contractual terms um, and the beautiful thing about that is with the nft you can deliver anything or promise anything that you would deliver or promise with a traditional contract so to me a music nft is an nft or a contract that offers something related to music. I don't think that your music NFT needs to contain a music file or point to a music file, an MP3, or a music video, an MP4, or whatever. Um, I would point to Royal as a really great example of this. You know, Royal is a music NFT platform. It's one of the very few music NFT platforms that I actually like. Um, and what they do is they basically are selling points on a song so that you can share royalties on the song if the, you know as the song accumulates streams and and uh, royalties but what's interesting about that is the nfts they sell do not play the song they don't play the music it's just the visual artwork that the artist creates or selects for that song so that's a really cool example to me of a music NFT that doesn't contain music. You know, another example could be like um, Lyrical Lemonade's uh, Lemon Cartons or the Cartons collection. You know, Lyrical Lemonade is a music 
platform, a music blog, publisher, whatever you want to call it, they, they host a music festival or festivals. Um, I own one of their cartons. The carton doesn't come with music, but you know I get access to exclusive merch stores, exclusive after parties, things like that. So I think a music NFT can be a lot of different things. I tr in my collection so far, I try to bring a little bit of everything that I see that I think is interesting. You know, so my music NFTs, they do include songs so far, all of them do. Uh, each of them is a song. They give you a copyright license or a sync license so you can use the music in your content. Um, you know, so far the two music NFTs that I've dropped give you an opportunity to get a vinyl record. Um, and I'm throwing shows now where uh, in some cases you're Proving that you own my music NFT gets you through the door. That's your that's your RSVP. Um, so that's a long-winded way of saying I think and I, I think there's a lot of different ways that we can envision music NFTs. And I think music NFTs so far um, have the most growth potential or a lot of growth potential in terms of innovation. Because a lot of us just think a music NFT means we're taking an MP3 <clears throat> or a music video and we're minting it on the blockchain. And that alone to me, in 99% of cases, is not super interesting. Because in 99% of cases, I don't need your song to be on the blockchain in order to listen to it and enjoy it. I could go on YouTube or I can go on Spotify and do that. I don't need your music video to be on the blockchain to enjoy it. I can go on YouTube to do that. So... I think this is a challenge that the artist has to take on to think about how do I use this revolutionary technology of these smart contracts to deliver more value than an MP3 and more utility than just the ability to listen to a song that you could listen to for free on other platforms. So Royal is my favorite uh, music NFT platform. I'm actually very happy you mentioned that. Uh, Spotty, what would you think of Sound XYZ then, a platform that lets you own the tokenized song in a way do you feel like because I, I agree with you everything you just said do you feel like owning the songs though like sound xyz uh if there was a market like um let's say sound xyz was which it is kind of like the open sea for music and for tokenized songs um how number one do you see any advantages though even though you don't need to have a song on a blockchain let's assume that apple in, uh, in 10 years played music nfts didn't stream songs anymore only played music. do you feel like uh, there could be a benefit to uh, putting out tokenized songs like if you're an artist right now if you put out music obviously you cannot not put it out on spotify and apple music that's where the majority of your audience will be but do you also release tokenized songs since you said it's not necessary but i don't know a lot about sound dot xyz to be honest what does it mean to say you own a song if you buy the nft on sound dot xyz what does that actually mean you own as you said you own the mp3 file uploaded onto their platform okay can can i put it in my podcast and upload it to youtube like do i have that license do i have a do i have a license that's a good question that's a great question you should can be I, able to can i get the stems can i remix the song and put it on my album Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, we need to think That's about... That's interesting. Like, ownership is ownership. You know, if you tell me I own a song, that means I I own that song. I can you can break it down, do whatever. Song. 
I can monetize that song. If you're telling me I own a collectible token that points to an MP3 that anyone in the world can listen to for free, even if they don't own the, toy, the token that points to that song, then in my view, you own a collectible, uh, you own a souvenir, and that's cool. I'm not trying to knock it, but as a collector, because I am a collector, um, in 99% of cases, I'm not super interested. Now, in the future, if a platform, like you mentioned, you know, a traditional streaming service that's already established or a new one, if they come along and they say, we're offering music NFTs, and if you own this NFT, you know, we've partnered with Royal where you get something on the back end of the royalties or you, you know, we've partnered with YouTube so you can use the tokens you own. You can use that music in your YouTube video or something where there's actual utility beyond the MP3, beyond the ability to just listen to a song that's widely listenable for free elsewhere. Then that's a totally different story. And here's the other thing I'll say, and this is not about any one particular platform, but one thing I struggle with with almost all of these music NFT platforms is if you're not offering anything that's actually innovative, if all you're offering is a collectible, if you're not offering any real utility that requires a blockchain, that requires an NFT, then I have a hard time understanding how you justify to yourself and to the community that your, that your platform is gatekept and that it's exclusive and that you have to be invited or you have to have uh, an approved application as an artist to mint on your platform. Because to me, it sounds like you're bringing a Web 2 mindset in sheep's clothing into Web 3.0. Now, Royal is an exception to that. Royal is curated you you can't just go on royal and, and and use it on your own you have to partner with them but guess what royal is doing they're actually innovating and they're actually doing something that is cutting edge by offering royalties and points on songs and they're you know when you when you partner with them they have the capital and the resources and the legal team to do something like that in a way that I, as an indie artist, do not have solo dolo. So I think you, if in my view, these music NFT platforms, if you're not going to be completely open for the entire world to use, like Mint Songs, I like Mint Songs, if you're going to be gatekept, I really challenge you to help me understand what are you bringing to the table and why do you need to be exclusive? Because I have a feeling a lot of these platforms they're just looking to um, have a very finely manicured website and you know, basically a bright, shiny object that they can pitch to the Web2 world and the major record labels as a partner when they step into Web3 and the mindset will continue to be Web2 in sheep's clothing. That's just my long spiel on that whole situation. 
I I think that was ridiculously well said. I, I very much agree with you. I also work in the music NFT space. Uh, I work for Dead Mouse. I told you uh, for a company called Pixlinks, and I think what you said there was very, very, very true. Like you have to integrate uh, a tech layer or something of sorts to kind of to actually in a, to bring up new utility. Like uh, for you, what I really loved what you said is. For you to really place value on these tokenized songs as music NFTs, number one, as the artist, you want you want full access to the breakdown of the song. That means if you want the bass, the treble, or whatever, you can you can you can grab that from the metadata or whatever. Uh, number two, you want ownership. Can you actually play this song on YouTube? Can you actually use the the? Can you make money off of it? If that were the case in a hypothetical world, would you be more open to? Would you be more? Would you advocate more for artists to put out tokenized songs? that's what that's what i do you know and that to me is it's weird to me that i don't see more artists doing it to be honest but it's not easy at the same time it's not that weird because it's not easy you know because almost none of these music platforms have taken that on as something they want to offer you know and as a as an artist indie artist you pretty much need your own team of developers to make that happen you know, and so that that requires you to be in sort of a in a privileged position. You know, I'm in a privileged position. I have a crypto punk. That's a that's unobtainable for most of 99% of people. You know, so um, but yes, I challenge. I'm always challenging these artists and these platforms. Like, help me as a collector understand why I would want your NFT if I'm not a diehard fan of yours. Now it is great to appeal to your diehard fans, but when I'm, when I'm launching a project, I'm trying to appeal to every motivation that a collector could possibly have. Like literally, there are some collectors who like to, you know, pull the lever, you know? Uh, I don't say, uh, I won't say my analogy of like a, a, a casino and trying to minting a rare, but it's like, Everybody loves that feeling when you're a kid, you put a quarter in the gumball machine, you don't know which flavor you're gonna get, right? Like, and you might get a rare flavor. So that's why I do my drops like that. I do a blind mint. I do, I'll, I'll make 26 remixes of a song so that I can have an NFT collection that is exciting for people to mint. You know, 27 different versions of artwork. You know, some people collect because they're IRL collectors, you know, they collect uh, memorabilia, knickknacks, you know, sports jerseys, vinyl records, comic books. So I give a physical vinyl record, you know, with, with most of my NFTs, you know. Uh, some people collect because they want some other form of intellectual property rights. That's why I give the copyright license. Some people collect because they want to have input in a project. So that's why I have, you know, token-gated communication channels in my Discord. That's why I do voting occasionally you know, on different decisions I need to make. Some people vote because they want access. They want to get to know the artist. They want to meet you. They want to they want to rub elbows with, with your community and the people that they meet along the way. That's why I do events where it's like limited or exclusive access to token holders. But everybody, like music NFTs right now, it's like, why aren't music NFTs taking off, blah, blah, blah. Well, because a lot of us just think a music NFT is you take your album from five years ago or you take your music video from eight years ago and you put it on the blockchain. And, and to me, that there's a lot more potential than that. I think you opened up my eyes because 
I'm a very, uh, I believe in direct value proposition, so I'm not a bullshitter. Like, I don't believe in uh, A, B, C, D. I believe A to B. Let's get to, let's get the results. Let's move. Let's execute. And I always thought that, but like now the way you broke that down for me, um, just because I've, if I know you're familiar with this company, one of, there's a lot of companies that put out um, music NFTs, but I've just noticed that they're just putting out like art projects for, for musicians. And I'm trying to, I was thinking to myself, how do we, like, how do we actually help up and coming artists? Like, I want to see this kid in Vegas that has a thousand followers that's rapping in the studio every week. I want to see him come up somehow, you know, that's pretty sick to me. So for me now that you, the way you describe that is it's well there's no but you could put a song anywhere that has to do something differently i think that kind of stuck with me whereas you could put tokenized songs on a blockchain but like what does it actually do for the guy that owns the song and i think that's something i'm going to have to take i want to take into my job too because i was so under the impression like just because as i said my, the stigma around the uh, other types of projects but when you broke it down like that I actually kind of it, it definitely makes sense like if i actually think about it when i think of music nfts royals actually the most like logical platform even i thought that like that's actually going to help people like if someone if royal was out in 2008 spotty and someone got drake best i ever had dude they'd be fucking loaded like they would be chilling for life like their music nft would be their primary source of income so I guess to, to kind of end this, I want to actually ask your opinion. Um, are you a music fan right now? Or do you study the game? Do you listen to quite a bit of rap of your peers right now? Uh, I am a music fan. I would say I'm I'm pretty, man, I'm pretty old school, really. Like, I, I'm the type of person who can get stuck on a playlist or an album for, like, months at a time. And I'm just same. listening to the same, the same playlist. Um, I, I don't, you know, there's a lot of new music that doesn't always resonate with me. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I mean, I am a music fan, of course. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm always listening to music. I just, sometimes I can't keep up in a conversation if we're talking about what's new, you know, and what the, and what the kids are listening to, you know, I'm not. I'm not 20 years old. I'll tell you that. You know, I'm not like uh, I'm not I'm not a boomer. Yeah. In real, I'm not a boomer in like you know the uh, global terms, but in NFT terms, yeah, bro, yeah. I'm, I'm a boomer. You know. Same, same. And I was gonna ask you because I feel the exact same way as I'm getting older. I'm like, it's hard to keep up with the culture. What I just wanted to know what before you came out, like, what rapper did you look at? You're like, I I have some of his game. Some of his game. Like, yeah, like who did you resemble? Like which who which rapper did you look at coming up and, like, and you kind of resembled him? Is there anyone in particular? Um, I would say so. You mean like in my past days as a musician. yeah? Who who do you who do you take inspiration from? There we go. Um, well, I'm from the Midwest. You know, I'm from Rockford, Illinois. I spent a decade in Chicago, so of course you know that's the, where I was born. The usual suspects, you know, Kanye, Lupe, uh, Common, Twista. You know, do or die, crucial conflict. Um, oh, bro, you're a rap head. You know, you know the game. Yeah, what? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, and when I was coming up in the blog era, that was obviously the era where Chance rose to the top. Chief Keef rose up. Um, but other artists, you know, like Million Dollar Mano, you know, DJ producer, guys like Mike Terror, you know, Hollywood Holt. These were the guys running the scene in Chicago from my perspective when I was kind of trying to carve out a name for myself in Chicago as a kid from Rockford, you know? Uh, but also being from the Midwest, we get all the influences. So, 
you know, New York hip hop was sort of my first love. You know, Jay-Z was the first rapper that captured my attention. Nas is still my favorite artist of all time, of any genre of music or of any medium beyond music. Um, and then I had my Dirty South phase, of course, for sure, as the whole world did. And um, I used to have people tell me my voice sound, if I get loud, sometimes they would say my voice sounded like ludicrous, you know, a little bit. Um, <laughs> That's actually hilarious, it does. <laughs> and and I, I love Ludacris, you know, Ludacris was a, is amazing and, and a lot of other Southern rappers. Hall of Famer, he's a Hall of Famer. No doubt, bro, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And, and then, you know, even just like those influences from my childhood, the, you know, talking about my mom playing the oldies, the first rap song that ever captured my imagination was Hard Knock Life from Jay-Z. And I always loved, I always loved samples in music. You know, I loved Bad Boy and, you know, Puff Daddy and the Family Present. Um, oh, yeah. And, of course, Kanye. So I guess that was really the gateway to me was was hearing, flipping old songs, artists flipping and sampling old songs um, into rap music really, really drew me in. And then it just, you know, grew from there. Spotty, I always ask my, my guests this to, to kind of end the show. I'm always I'm curious if, if I had a conversation with you a year from now, where would you say uh, you would be in terms of your brand? And then also, what's just for I want to hear it from an artist right now, an established artist. What's one um, part of your game of your rap game that you want to get better at? That you want to like really improve on? All right, a year from now. Um. I would say, you know, I want to be the artist that I want to be the musical artist that has introduced the world to NFTs in a way that helps them actually understand the value proposition. You know, people have heard about NFTs now, but I think music has a real advantage in helping educate them for a couple of reasons the first reason is lyrically hip-hop teaches people about different cultures you know you hear a song you don't know what this word means you don't know what the artist is talking about and then you figure it out from there you know um, if the song is something that you like the sound of and then the other thing i would say is as a culture we are familiar and comfortable with the idea that musicians will provide us with the soundtracks of our lives, the music that we celebrate our biggest wins to, and the music that we mourn our biggest losses to. And we, we, nobody would question the cultural value of music at all, but also nobody will question why do some of the best artists that give us the best, um, music culturally the best music why do so many of them end up broke you know on the street in jail or worse you know and it's because the record label the record industry is not set up to compensate the artists co commensurate to what they contribute to the culture the record industry is set up to pay middlemen and record labels and to sell ads on spotify and so when we hear about people yeah. buying back their masters, when you hear about Prince buying back their masters, Taylor Swift, et cetera, et cetera, um, culturally that foundation has been laid for years where people understand 
that artists get screwed over unless they can buy back their masters and that sort of thing. And I think NFTs and music for that reason can help demonstrate what you can do if you if if you own your masters and you you understand smart contracts. Um, and then something that I want to improve on would probably be freestyling. You know, I am not. I've never. Um, I've never dedicated a sufficient amount of time to like practicing and exercising those freestyle muscles is, is something I'm very open about. I'm not a freestyler. I'm a songwriter and I love writing songs. Um, and I would love to be a more capable freestyler. Why? What's why, why are you putting that pressure on yourself? Um, it's no pressure. It's more of a, to me, it's more of a nice to have. It's more of a luxury. Um, you know, because I don't, I don't feel pressure to have it. I just also, it's more of a, a respect for the craft and a respect uh. for the culture. You know, there's like five pillars of hip hop, right? Or at least five by now. But I feel like freestyling is sort of, freestyling and songwriting to me are, are sort of distinct. And they're sort of two, two legs of the same table. And I think you can be great at one and contribute a lot to the culture, or you can be great at the other. But if there's something I can improve on, I would be great at both. I actually love that. I think that was a. I think now that you, may, I think that's actually what really gave Meek Mill his like cred is his ability on his on the Philly corners. Like he would just outwrap every single person that came into his vicinity. Um, so I actually really love that spotty. Um, thank you for for taking the time to do this convo with me. If you don't mind staying on the line up until I'm about to pause, uh, stop it just so it gets fully uploaded. Uh, really quickly.